Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, November 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma fucking Gettys. That's very happy to be here with you today and even more happy to be here with somebody else. Oh my God, I can't wait to talk to that somebody else. In fact, I'll talk to him right now. Still, Mike, Mike, how are you doing today? Blessing, I'm having a great day today. We got to celebrate 20 years of Xbox with you, me, Tim, and the team here, kind of funny, and all of the best friends around the globe. And it was a very, very special moment that I cannot wait to break down with all of you guys. We're going to break it all down. I'm very excited to talk about it because today's stories include a bunch of Xbox news, GTA Hot Coffee making an unexpected comeback, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you uh we just recorded our live reactions to xbox's 20th anniversary stream it's me andy tim and snow michael michael celebrating 20 years of xbox that'll be up over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games if you missed us reacting to it right here on twitch and also uh if playstation is more your thing we're recording ps love you xoxo later today and it's our gta trilogy review uh you're not too late to write in uh, to patreon with your questions and your own thoughts about the trilogy get those in and tune into the episode when it goes live for everyone tomorrow on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers pranksy and blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash expressvpn amazon music and butcher box but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be rope report it's time for some news we have seven stories today uh baker's dozen and I wanted to, to get into it quick because we got a lot to talk about just with story number one. Xbox is celebrating their 20th anniversary. We got kind of a wrap up of the stream we just watched for you. Uh, and so, we, I mean, the, ma- the main news tidbits are we're getting a bunch of games coming to ac- the Xbox backwards compatibility, which is exciting. Uh, they announced a six episode Xbox documentary series about the come up, the making of Xbox, going into 360, going to Xbox One, all that good stuff. We got a live action Halo series tease uh, that, of course, is coming to Paramount Plus in 2022 and then the big one halo infinite multiplayer is out today right now you can download it you can play it tim mike you guys are some of the biggest halo fans that i know what 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 are your reactions to this stream how did you enjoy it what are your thoughts on halo infinite coming out right now tim let's start with you 
I, I really think they knocked it out of the park with this presentation. This is everything you could really ask for for an anniversary uh, celebration stream. I think they did such a great job, both presentation-wise, which is something I'm always a big stickler for, uh, but also in terms of like announcements and uh, bringing the goods. They brought the goods. Uh, I kind of feel like anything we could have possibly wanted from a Xbox 20-year anniversary stream was given to us on a silver platter, a very green uh glowing platter if actually a green beetle uh, exactly but like uh, the backwards compatible games like that is awesome that is such a, a great strength uh, that they've had for the last couple of years and 70 more games fantastic fps boost for those fantastic sonic generations getting that can't Let's wait go. bless that's awesome uh but then going through getting the, the actual properties for the halo series that like I believe is actually coming next year. You know, they've been talking about doing a Halo TV show forever, uh, but it seems real. We saw a man in the suit. Like, that's crazy. There's a date. There's a platform. It's happening. And then to end the show with uh, the, the, the oft-rumored but hard-to-believe Halo multiplayer, free-to-play, free-now, available before the game comes out. Fantastic stuff. I really... My major kudos to them. They did it, and they did it in such a fun way. The documentary series, everything they announced was exciting. Yeah, good, this good was, for you, Xbox. Good for you, Xbox. This is definitely one of the best presentations of the year. We we hear it kind of funny, right? We react to pretty much every major video games presentation. And, like, you know, we look at them through the content that's announced and through, like, the, the hype moments. But I think a big part of what we take away from a lot of the presentations are the production production of them and, like, the level of, all right, what are you advertising? What are you giving us? And where does that land? And one of the things that Xbox talked about with this presentation leading up to it, they mentioned, hey, we have no big new game announcements. Like, don't come to this expecting that. And I think that helped us kind of level our expectations expectations in terms of what this thing is going to be. And the thing that I like uh, about this presentation that this presentation nailed was everything everything else around like everything else outside of just content because the content here was dope in terms of the announcements right the, again the halo series halo infinite out now the documentary stuff all that stuff was good content but the presentation of it i mentioned this during the live stream i am not like a, a big xbox person right i like xbox i i love playing on my xbox one and my xbox series x it's usually far between because i'm those are my exclusive machines i'm playing forza on my xbox series x i'm playing rare replay on my xbox one i'm playing the rare games that i love uh, uh on my xbox but I don't necessarily go to my Xbox for third parties, right? Usually I'm there for the exclusives and for the Xbox Game Pass games that I want, I want to check out. The fact that I was able to get feels off of watching the presentation, I was able to get emotional. I was like, oh shit, this brings back memories, right? Of like me going to my friend's house and playing their games, playing Blinks the Time Sweeper, playing uh, Halo and getting, getting demolished in Halo, playing Jet Set Radio Feature, right? And even the announcement of all of the games they're bringing forward from Xbox uh, backwards compatibility and adding FPS boost and adding all these features, I think was just such a phenomenal, phenomenal way to package it and put it out there. And so, yeah, no, definitely kudos to Xbox. Snowbike Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you guys really wrapped up everything that just happened and broke it down so well. For me, it was waking up this morning and thinking about the memories, thinking about the moments and what Xbox and really video games mean to me. I think Phil Spencer always says it so well and really harps on it it doesn't matter where you play all that matters is that you play right and it brings us all together when we play games and that's something that when i looked back on this early in the morning it was like man a lot of my memories were made and forged through video games that's what brought me here to kind of funny that's what brought me to this community and it makes it so special to look back on the 20 years because all of my life i've been playing on xbox my family and friends know me for playing halo back on the original Xbox, the Xbox 360. I made friends when I was all alone 
traveling to my first year of college through the Xbox 360. And I kept up with friends because of Xbox Live. And when I moved forward, I think about the moments of, you know, being able to break down barriers and talk with people at work that I hardly knew because of video games and how that brought us closer. And I made lifelong friendships because of that to the launch of the Xbox One, driving down 40 miles of icy, you know, mountainous highway to go and get my Xbox One and driving back up in the middle of the night even now, the launch of the Xbox Series X and being a part of the kind of funny family for the first year, this was something that was really special to me. And it was really cool to see all the faces that we now know and love, right? You saw Phil Spencer, you saw Sarah Bond, you saw the first ever head of Xbox, Robbie Batch, up there talking about the importance of what it was like for Microsoft and Xbox to do this venture where they didn't have to do that. There was no reason for them to do that, but they did. And I think that's something going to be really cool when we see this documentary out in December, it's going to be a lot of fun to look back on it. But today was a day of celebration. Today was something where I wanted to smile and think about those memories. And, you know, the the, the cherry on top is Halo releasing multiplayer. I know the rumor kind of went wild on Friday. And sure, mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe that. I didn't want to get my hopes up. But it is really, truly incredible what this team at 343 has done, right? After a year of delay, after a lot of conversation of, what is going on with Halo? Can they stick the landing to say, hey, we're, we're essentially four weeks early. Here you go. Have fun with it. And to release this is really something special. So I'm so happy. I loved hearing you guys break everything down. But from my perspective, it was all about the memories and the celebration. And that, that for me is the thing, Mike. Like you're so right and Phil talking about like video games meaning more to people than just what they are. Like my history with Xbox goes all the way back to the beginning and some of my best friendships are, are from Xbox. Like the reason I first talked to Alfredo Diaz ever was because in my algebra class, I looked over and I saw him holding a DVD of a Halo MLG tournament. And I was like, oh shit, like you play Halo? And like that, this, that conversation sparked a lifelong friendship. You know, it's like, there's there's definitely something very special about video games as a whole, and especially video games and, and hardware uh, designers that have stood the test of time. Where we're now 20 years on with with Xbox and them having that legacy to be able to look back and poke fun at the Rock, and you know, I like have all these moments. And you know, Mike talking about um, them starting with the the OG dude in the beginning. It's like that is something that we would love to see PlayStation do. You know what I mean? Like oh my God, a PlayStation yeah. 20 year anniversary, or 25, whatever it is. Like that would be so exciting to see this way. I think that Xbox did. A great job of in what was it 25 minutes kind of really doing a fantastic job of looking back at the different eras what made them special and i thought they did a good job with the segments and the bouncing back and forth between going into the vault looking at old footage uh looking at new stuff looking at current stuff but then also the fun things of like uh hey here's a bunch of gamers that met online that are now meeting in real life like Little things like that that could be corny, could be cringy in the right context are such an amazing celebration that really kind of show what video games can be. And I think that they did a great job with that, of including that in this this whole thing and other uh, elements like that, all the accessibility stuff. Like Xbox have been building a foundation for a long time, and it's a foundation built off of this legacy. And I love that today they really, really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I want to bounce off that really quick blessing of like touching Mm -hmm. on that 25 minutes, right? Like. We've been through a lot of presentations as a group now watching these. And I think when you think about a celebration, we could have gone on for an hour, an hour and a half and really drug this out. But somehow they found a good way of like keeping this fast, fresh, hitting the points that they needed to. There were some things that were definitely skipped and missed. But when you look back on it, that was 25 minutes 
of fun, of memories, and of hype. And I, you got to give them kudos for that. It's hard to do 20 years in 25 minutes, but somehow they nailed it, which I'm really happy to see. Yeah, and I love to see them. I love seeing them not shy away from even the meme moments of Xbox. It seems like they hit the entire history really well. You mentioned the rock stuff, even the fact that they brought they brought the rock back, and Rock was referencing old rock stuff and talking about like, oh yeah, man, who wears sunglasses inside and all this shit. I think it's such a a good way to do it. Talking about Halo for a bit because over the weekend we did get the rumors that Halo was going to drop today, and like Mike, I'm with you that I was trying to measure my expectations. Right, I was streaming last night, and even people in my stream were like. Do you think Halo is dropping on Monday? And I was going through the I was going through the journey in my head of, oh well, the the leakers don't. I mean they they've had credible sources in the past and like they've had credible leaks in the past, but also they're not pointing to good sources and all these things. And you go you go through the rigmarole of, all right, I don't know if I I don't know if I believe the leaks per se, but I do believe the idea of it. Like the idea that they can drop Halo on the 20th anniversary, I think would make such a good story and be such a cool and hype thing. And the fact that they're able to pull it off, one, I think is dope. And I want to throw it back to you guys because I know you guys have played the, the Halo test flights that I've missed out on. Where, where are you guys' hype levels for Halo now that it's out? Like where, where are you guys' expectations in terms of it dropping now and it leading into the, the official launch next month? The moon, man. Like, like mm. the most fun I've had playing a video game this year has been the Halo Infinite test flights and the fact that they're they're now launching the beta today with like the full launch in just a couple weeks like this is great i think this is the beginning of something very special we saw last week the forza numbers just being absolutely unbelievable unbelievable and they're oh my god we we better fucking believe it like this is just the new standard this is the new understanding of what game pass has been building to and now having this game not even just game pass it's free to play for everybody like that's that is insane the numbers on this are going to be crazy and if what we have already played is any sign i think that halo infinite is going to be an absolute game changer in terms of multiplayer uh communities and gaming and i think that it is going to be a major major deal it's really just on them to adapt and change listen to feedback and make compelling seasons that are going to keep people coming back um over and over and over for potentially an infinite amount of time oh nice tim yeah that was really well said tim i think blessing it's one of those right like somebody in the chat was in here earlier like was it really a rumor though and it's like you know, when you look at it, we're four weeks away from launch. This team did not have to do that, right? Especially with Call of Duty and Battlefield both releasing within a 14-day window of today, right? Like, there's a lot of first-person shooter action happening in the gaming space. And no, they didn't have to do this, right? But when you look back on it, this is not only the celebration of Xbox 20th anniversary, it's also the celebration of Halo, right? And Master Chief. And it is important mm. to somehow celebrate that. And you got to give big kudos to the team over at 343, we don't know what it's like behind the scenes. We do know what it's like throughout COVID, right? And how hard it's been for these developers. And the idea of them somehow pushing this out four weeks early to say, hey, go out and have fun. Like, let's get it done is truly incredible and really, really something special. And when I look at it, right, Tim said it so well, this Halo will be in the hands of more people than any other Halo before, it, right? It's free to play. It's on cloud. It's on console. It's on PC. This now has the chance to truly deliver the most incredible Halo experience to date. And it will, right? The, our, our expectations are through the moon for this. And of course, they need to stick the landing on the campaign. We know Halo Halo multiplayer rocks, but where it matters is the campaign. But as of right now, to celebrate 20 years, Master Chief and releasing multiplayer, this is a huge win for the Xbox world right now. Now, Mike, you've been playing Battlefield 2042. Uh, I have Battlefield 2042 installed on my PlayStation. I've not touched it yet. Is Halo Infinite coming out right now 
what is what is Halo Infinite coming out right now going to do for you and you playing Battlefield 2042? And what do you think people in general are going to, are, are like their reception of Battlefield 2042 is going to be? Do you think this derails its launch completely? You know, Blessing, that's a tough one, right? We talked about it on the X-Cast and how Phil and the team over at Xbox have really talked about being inclusive and working well with others, right? We talked about Elden Ring being shown at the Game Awards instead of just Xbox, right? And like Phil and the team want to make sure that you see and can play everything on their console. And that is something where now you're stepping on the toes of Battlefield's true release, which is this coming Friday, right? Mm. And what does that play a factor to? And it's interesting, you know, I talked about it on the X-Cast and I talked about it throughout my streams. Now the true balance as a gamer begins, right? Because I do believe that Call of Duty Vanguard is a fun product. I like the campaign so far. I like the World War II setting. I love the team arena and the fast-paced nature of Call of Duty. And they have Warzone coming out with a new map soon enough. Then you flip over to Battlefield, and there is nothing like Battlefield. Battlefield is a true, massive online multiplayer shooter, 126 whatever people on a map. You do not get those moments anywhere else. And they had a really hard launch day one but i'll tell you day two and day three have gone much smoother on the battlefield side and it is fun to play and now you add halo into the mix which has the nostalgia factor an incredible team arena which will pit you against the very best and a bigger team battle that will make it feel fun and fresh if you're a gamer that loves first person shooters the balance of juggling all three of these games is going to be insane and that's what i'm dealing mm -hmm. with now and i don't know which one will truly take the back burner but I do know one thing. It's going to be a fun weekend for me and my friends to play. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of the, the fall where we got Titanfall 2. Uh, I think it was Battlefield 1, and we got Call of Duty all within the same uh, the same season. And that totally demolished Titanfall 2 in terms of sales and reception. Like People love Titanfall 2. But people talk about Titanfall 2 as being one of the best first-person shooter campaigns of the last generation, right? And like that game was incredible. But in terms of sales, right, that didn't allow that game to really sit and, like, you know, be played by a lot of people because they're sandwiching in, in between these two big FPS juggernauts. I feel like this is almost like the, like, karma coming back to Battlefield in a way where now Battlefield has to compete with not only Call of Duty now, but going head to head with Halo in the same week. And if I had to pick a loser in that situation, right now my money is on Battlefield not coming out alive. <laughs> and and, and just in terms of it, like, reaching reaching heights in terms of sales right we have a call of duty story coming up in terms of how that game, how that game's performing and call mm -hmm. of duty numbers year over year are a bit down this year but that's kind of to be expected with what call of duty vanguard is and it being world war ii and it coming off of black ops and uh, Warzone and all these things i got a lot of worries about battlefield especially coming off of impressions as well that we've heard over the last few weeks about how people uh, uh people didn't really take to the beta as much even uh, uh impressions i'm hearing the last few days are saying that the game the game is all right but still has quite a few things to fix and figure out i'm really curious to see how that pans out by let's say the next few weeks right by the time halo infinite officially releases with the campaign i wonder where we're all going to be at with with battlefield 2042 yeah and tim said it so well right you saw the numbers for forza horizon that was on game pass you had to pay for that subscription now put halo here that's totally for free against those yeah. other two first person shooters that you have to actually pay money to play right like this game is going to do massive numbers over this first week. And then when the Halo campaign drops, I look very forward to Benji sales and, you know, 343 sharing these numbers off this first week. It's going to be astronomical.
Now, I want to keep the Xbox conversation going with story number two. Xbox Game Pass was originally designed as a rental service, Microsoft reveals. I'm pulling from Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Xbox Game Pass began life as a game rental service, according to a new Microsoft interview. Speaking to GQ for its profile celebrating 20 years of Xbox, Sarah Bond, Microsoft's head of gaming ecosystems, revealed that the Game Pass project, originally codenamed Arches, began as a rental service for video games. The shift towards a Netflix-like subscription model came as a result of changes in the sales lifespan of games, she explained. Quote, something like 75% of a game's revenue used to be made in the first two months of release. Nowadays, it's spread over two years. The piece also reveals that X the Xbox team was initially met with great resistance when going to publishers with the concept of Game Pass. Quote, they were like, quote, no way. Game Pass is going to devalue games, Bond said. The team, the team then began experimenting with older titles in order to convince publishers. Xbox Game Pass launched in June 2017 and has become central to Microsoft's gaming business, attracting over 18 million subscribers as of January 2021, according to the latest publicly announced figure. During Microsoft's fourth quarter earnings, uh, earnings call in July, CEO Satya Nadella claimed Xbox Game Pass was growing rapidly, with subscribers playing approximately 40% more games and spending 50% more than non-members. I thought that was a fun tidbit to include here for the 20th anniversary. What do you, you guys think the present would be like if Xbox Game Pass was more of a rental service? I mean, it's insane. Like, Game Pass <laughs> is still crazy. It's one of those things that I, I can't believe is real. I can't believe that it's working, but here it is, and it is. I remember being on Games Daily with Andrea the day that the news dropped, and it was like, there, there must be something I'm not. Kind of caveat. There's, yeah, like, you're, you're telling me all first-party games are going to just come day and date on this? There's what? You, what? So when Halo Infinite does come, when Gears 4 does come, or 5, like, that. What? No way. And then we started seeing that all happen. And that was a very different time for Xbox. Crackdown 3 was still uh, the joke of the industry of when's it going to fucking come. Uh, and that was kind of the first major title to, to drop on it. But here we are a couple years in and like, yeah, it's it's a monumental shift of how games are monetized and delivered. And that is such a gamble that I honestly am very shocked is working. And it is though, like you're looking at all this, like these numbers, they're huge. Like this is working. This is the best Xbox. The, the healthiest Xbox has been in a very long time. So it's crazy. I, I in 20 years, I wonder what we're going to be looking back and thinking about game pass and mm -hmm. the conversation of what if it was a rental service and all that stuff. It's like what they did was the boldest thing they possibly could oh, have yeah. done. And they went all in. Yeah. That's it. Well, go for it, Mike. Oh, I was just saying, what a wild story that is blessed. Right. I think if we all, rewind time to 2015 that's understandable right Redbox was kind of at its prime back then and we understood renting games and videos and dvds like that was the normal and i can totally see them being like well this is what the market is doing now but to take that step and go one step further and say no it's not just a rental service it's more that's truly incredible to see and look at where it's now where it's at now if it wasn't what it is now it wouldn't be the same thing so that's truly a wild story to hear yeah, yeah. And I love that. I mean, that is a huge pivot, right? Like looking at the landscape and going, oh, yeah, the lifespan of games is going longer and longer, right? It's no more the thing of people are buying the game the first week, finishing it and returning. That is happening less and less with more different types of games being developed and multiplayer becoming more and more of a thing, or at least like ongoing games becoming more and more of a thing, right? As you have games like Sea of Thieves and No Man's Sky and Destiny and, and more games kind of 
making the space something that is more about coming back and having updates and live service games, games as a service taking over what the, uh, I guess, what the industry is at this point. You know, I, that is a big pivot and one that I'm glad is working out, right? Like Xbox Game Pass, we talk about it all the time to the point where it's probably annoying at this point, but it's changing the game and it's changing the way that, you know, we it, it, it's changing the way that the audience I guess ex- ex- expects video games that the, the way the audience approaches video games, the way they get access in the fact that they, the, the fact that they made the bold decision to be like, cool, all first party games are going to be on Xbox game pass is one that is at times still hard for me to believe. Right. I look at Starfield. I'm like, damn, is that really going to be on game pass? That's crazy to me. Right. The fact that a uh, uh, Redfall, another one coming out next year, that's really going to be on game pass. Forza Horizon five came out on game pass and four came out on game pass. Uh, it's, it's a cool thing that still blows my mind. Halo Infinite's campaign, weeks away. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, we got one more Xbox news story. Story number three. This is another one from that same GQ interview. The Elder Scrolls 6 is all but confirmed to be an Xbox exclusive. This is Joe Scrabbles at IGN. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has all but confirmed that the Elder Scrolls 6 will be an Xbox exclu- uh, console exclusive. In an interview with British GQ, Spencer said that he sees the sequel to Skyrim as a similar case to fellow Bethesda title Starfield, which was confirmed for Xbox Series X slash S and PC earlier this year. At least in part, his reasoning seems to come down to what the Xbox ecosystem can offer its exclusives, including cloud gaming, Xbox Live services, and more. Quote, it's not about punishing any other platform. Like, I fundamentally believe all of the platforms can continue to grow, Spencer told GQ. He continues, but in order to be, to, in order to be on Xbox, I, wanna, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And what would be true when I think, and that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls Six. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises, end quote. This is one that I don't think is a surprise, but I don't think we've also got any hard confirmation on. And so there you go. Elder Scrolls Six looks like it's going to be confirmed for confirmed as an xbox exclusive i think we have gotten confirmation like a bunch of times <laughs> but for some reason people just don't want to hear it like this i guarantee mark my words this will be a news story again oh yeah <laughs> it, it's tough to hear tim i think that's the catch right you saw somebody in chat right now it's like why is this still a news story and yes we have heard it and we do know the messaging but like you think of elder scrolls that is one of the biggest franchises on the planet when it comes to gaming. And this has been a game that has been renowned for being multi-platform for years, right? And there are people in the common general audience that aren't reading the news every day that truly don't have that message quite yet. And it is going to have to be reiterated over and over again, right? And it is one of those. It will be sad for many people, right? But this is the way of the business. This is a big-time game that will come first party to Xbox, and that's how it's going to be. But, yeah, unfortunately. This message will be talked about a lot because the general yeah. public is not in the news every single day and their hearts are going to be broken all the time. Yeah, I think that's the thing is <laughs> at no at no point I think our Xbox is going to be, hey, this is not coming to PlayStation, everybody. We're we're saying the words Elder Scrolls 6 is not coming to PlayStation. And when you have so many people that aren't hardcore like us and reading the news every day and are super in tuned, I think it is, it is the thing of, okay, well, we're just going to keep reiterating it in multiple different ways until people get it. Hey, Starfield is going to be Xbox exclusive. That game is developed by uh, Bethesda. That probably means that their next game is going to be Xbox exclusive, and it's probably a thing that they're going to have to keep saying over and over again until the message is clear and until like the wide public understands Bethesda games are coming out on Xbox only. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that Xbox, at the end of the day, in terms of the people you're talking about, that mainstream that aren't watching kind of funny games daily, I think mm-hmm. that they're the bigger quote unquote issue that they have right now 
is the general understanding of what it what the xbox ecosystem means and game pass itself like the norm like my normal friends like if i went and uh texted my group chat that i have right now with uh, my boys that grew up playing halo with me and was just like hey do you know what game pass is i don't think that they would know and i don't Mm -hmm. i think i guarantee they would not understand that oh every xbox game is day and date on it xbox is still going through that that moment where the majority of people out there that are interested in video games to some extent still think, okay, there's a PlayStation and there's an Xbox. If I want an Xbox, I got to buy an Xbox to play Xbox games, even though that isn't technically true anymore. You know, mm. so I think that where as long as there is still that kind of question, it's going to be a completely different like mainstream conversation about all this stuff. Because I think that mm. for Xbox holding on to the Xbox One s and x and then also having the series and then also having cloud and then also having game pass and also having xbox live there's just a lot of these brands that in five years i don't think it's gonna be a problem at all honestly in two years i don't think it's gonna be a problem at all yeah i think it's becoming more and more normalized this is a conversation i talked about this on ps love you like months and months ago about how i went to my barber and we were talking about or he, he my barber knows what i do for a living right so he was trying to talk to me about video games and he was talking about how, you know, he was looking for, he was trying to figure out what he, what console he wanted to buy and all these things. And, you know, I asked him, like, oh, what kind of games do you like? And he was like, I like driving. I like stuff where I'm, like, you know, piloting or driving and all that stuff. And I, like, sat there and I was like, well, I host a PlayStation podcast, but I'm probably going to tell you to get an Xbox because, and, I, and I, went, I went through the thing. I was like, hey, man, Xbox has a game called Forza and it's super dope. And there's also this other game called Microsoft Flight Simulator if you like flying. <laughs> and if you get Xbox Game Pass, both of those are on there and it's a really good deal. And I gave him the sales pitch and he was blown away. He was like, oh, shit, I didn't realize all this stuff was available. And yeah, I think it is. A lot of it is just getting the message out there. And I do think that it is going to take maybe a couple years, probably two to four years before there is just a general understanding of, oh, okay, like you, if you know Xbox, you know Xbox Game Pass because that is Xbox at this point, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah. I think that's going to come sooner than later. Exactly. Yeah, and also Elder Scrolls is so far away, right? We haven't really been talking about Elder Scrolls. The conversation yeah. was Bethesda, then it was Starfield, right? Like Elder Scrolls is so far away that if I was to ask my mom, my girlfriend, who are in the know on gaming, but not really in the know, right? They'd be like, I don't know. Isn't it coming everywhere? That's how it's always been, right? But because we haven't gotten to that point yet. And also, Blessing brought up one good part. Like, Phil Spencer and the team have done a very good job on PR of saying this will release on all places that Xbox, like, ecosystem is possible. He has never once looked at the camera and been like, it's not coming to PlayStation. And I know they never will do that. But on the general audience side... So, well, exactly. But on the general audience side, sometimes I need it that clearly, Tim. Right? Yeah. Like my my little brother might need you to look at him and be like, "It's not coming to PlayStation," and they won't do that, nor should they, like you said, Tim. But like sometimes people need you to spell it out for them, and that's also a big factor why we continue this song and dance. But see, my thing is, I don't think that they they should do that or will ever do that because. I think their ultimate goal is getting it on PlayStation. I don't think that that is a reality that is going to happen anytime soon, but I also never thought it'd be a reality that Game Pass would exist as it does, period. So I think that Phil and them are definitely like, yo, it's available where Game Pass is, and they hope the Game Pass one day is available everywhere, including PlayStation. Uh, this next news story is one that I referenced a little bit earlier. Uh, story number four, UK Call of Duty launch sales are down. <laughs> this is Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. Call of Duty Vanguard's launch sales in the UK are down 40% over last year's game, the latest G- GSD data shows. Physical retail sales dropped 26% over the last year's game, whereas digital sales fell 44%. 
It is a disappointing result, but Vanguard is still the second biggest game launch of the year behind FIFA 2022, as usual. And remember, this is UK sales. It's tempting to speculate this may highlight fatigue within the Call of Duty franchise, but there are a few areas that will have negatively impacted sales this last year. Vanguard's critical reception was muted, and the World War II Call of Duty games have typically performed below that of the more modern-based titles. The console hardware transition is also something that needs to be considered, alongside shooter competition from Battlefield 2042 and Halo Infinite. Finally, there is the service-based Call of Duty Warzone. The free-to-play Battle Royale game launched last year and remains hugely popular. If we're looking at the top 10 in UK sales, they go like this. Starting at number 10, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons. At number 9, Minecraft Switch. Number 8, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 7, Far Cry 6. At number 6, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. At number 5, Grand Theft Auto 5. At number 4, Mario Party Superstars. At number 3, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. At number 2, we got FIFA 22. And then uh, at number 1 this week is Call of Duty Vanguard. Is this one that's a surprise to either of you guys? No, specifically because I don't think there's enough information here to necessitate actual headlines. Like, I don't think that this is necessarily a sign that it's going to be this much of a drop uh, worldwide. Like, this is very much just UK, UK in a place where it is the second biggest get launch of the year behind FIFA. That won't be the case everywhere else in the world. So I'm interested what the rest of the, the numbers are going to be. And earlier, you brought up a lot of things. of like, yeah, like, it's coming out in an interesting time right now. And especially when there is the free-to-play war zone on, uh, that's satiating a lot of the Call of Duty kind of desires out there. Um, and Vanguard, I think, kind of just had a, a different style of marketing push than we're used to with the, the Call of Duty's the last couple of years. And on top of that, there is the whole Activision Blizzard situation that I, I think has turned a lot of people off to their uh, products right now. So I think there's a lot of factors that make this not a surprise, but I also, my gut tells me it's not as dire as this article is kind of making it sound. I don't, I don't think it's one that Activision doesn't expect because this is Call of Duty Vanguard and Van I know Call of Duty as a brand as an IP is huge right that markets itself but when you take Vanguard and compare it to Modern Warfare or Black Ops especially coming off of last year where we got Black Ops Cold War I think the expectation is yeah launching a new brand of Call of Duty is going to sell less than the previous one we're also come we're also in the second year of the pandemic and you know as you remember last year Video game sales, video game interest was way up because of the pandemic. I think we're starting to see that level out a bit where, you know, we're, again, toward the end of the second year. I'm sure video game interest is not what it was when we were smack dab right in the thick of it, uh, of the of the pandemic interest in games. So I think that's having an effect on it as well. Mike, does this surprise you at all? No, you guys said it so well. I mean, what I would point to is I'll talk to you guys the first week of December when this new map drops on Warzone. Like Tim said, mm -hmm. right, Warzone is the Call of Duty hotspot right now. And yes, every year Call of Duty normal will sell well, but they're making a lot of money and they're making a lot of headway in the Battle Royale genre that's free to play and selling a lot of microtransactions. And when this new map does drop, the talk and the everything, the attention will be over there. So let's talk about it the first week of December and see how that goes. Before we get into our next news story, I want to remind you that you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Listen, the holidays are coming and everything is about to get a little crazy. Give yourself a break and let DoorDash take care of dinner because DoorDash brings what you want to eat right now and right to your door. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. I love DoorDash so, so much. Uh, There's this burger place in San Francisco called 4505. Technically, they're a barbecue spot, but they are the best burgers in San Francisco. Francisco, and I love using DoorDash to get them. I just got it yesterday for lunch. Fantastic stuff. Uh, for a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget, that's code games two zero two one for 25 percent off your first order with doordash subject to change terms apply Next up, shout out to ButcherBox. If you've ever had a good piece of meat, you know what I mean when I say there's nothing quite like it. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Invest in some high quality meat from ButcherBox. Never scour the grocery store for that 100% grass fed beef or free range organic chicken again. I will never forget the day that Kevin Coelho decided to do a ButcherBox spread. We had some bacon, we had some sausages, we had some steak, we had some burgers. It was fantastic, ButcherBox only bring in the best. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home with free shipping for the continental U.S. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon and $20 off your first box. Who doesn't love free bacon? Come on. This offer is ending November 21st, so get this deal before it's gone. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash KFGD. That's ButcherBox.com slash KFGD to get free bacon and $20 off your first box. Next up, shout out to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is basically like leaving your stuff at your table when you run to the bathroom in a coffee shop. Most of the time, you're probably going to be okay, but there's always the chance that you'll come back and everything's going to be gone. Listen, every time you connect to an unencrypted network like at cafes or hotels or airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your data and sell it. That's bad. You don't want none of that. But ExpressVPN stops all that by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device. All you got to do is open the app and click one button to get protected on all of your devices. I've been using ExpressVPN. My internet has been safe and I absolutely love that. I use it on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my computer, my TV, all of it. Come on, I'm trying to be safe. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash games that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com slash games and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash games and finally shout out to amazon music uh you clearly have great taste in podcast because you're listening to this right now why not try out amazon music well you'll find tons of binge worthy podcasts amazon music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to but it's not just podcasts they also have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free you can try out amazon music unlimited that gives you an unlimited access to 75 million songs plus podcast music videos and more with unlimited skips uh they also 
also have Dolby Atmos. That's what I've been using a lot of. It's been super awesome in this room, but also super cool with the headphones, getting a lot of the spatial audio going on. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time for a limited time. New customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Give it a shot. Try it out. I'm telling you, try the spatial audio stuff. It is a trip. Uh, no credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Amazon.com slash KFGD. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Let's talk about story number five. This is one that was reported on Saturday, and we have an update uh, for it. Uh, but we're going to start with Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle, who puts up a story called GTA Trilogy Chaos Continues as Hot Coffee Sex Minigame Files Reportedly Have Been Uncovered. The story reads like this. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy Definitive Edition's chaotic launch continued on Saturday as Rockstar confirmed it's pulled the PC version to remove, quote, unintentionally included game files. That potentially includes unlicensed music, full game scripts with developer notes, and even files claimed by users to be related to the infamous canned San Andreas sex minigame Hot Coffee. At the time of writing, GTA Trilogy has been unavailable on PC for nearly two days. Following the remastered collection's release on Thursday, data miners uncovered what they called a holy grail within its games files. That includes nearly all the music that was removed from Vice City and San Andreas due to expired licenses, which is actually still present and that the game simply chooses not to play. Even more tantalizing for fans was the discovery that the collection's code contains an uncom uncompiled version of the main.sem file, which contains all the game scripts for GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, including cut and missing content, as well as notes from Rockstar North staff from that era. Uh, data mining reportedly uncovered even more surprises uh, in the Definitive Edition uh, game's files on Saturday, when social media users claimed to have uncovered uh, data related to hot coffee, the infamous canned San Andreas sex minigame that ended up costing Take-Two more than $20 million in legal costs. Uh, that is the story. I'm pulling in a quick update uh, from last night from IGN's Joe Scrabbles, who writes, Rockstar Support has confirmed on Twitter that Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the Definitive Edition, is once again available available for purchase on the rockstar games launcher so a bit of good news amongst what seems to be a trash fire <laughs> yeah it's it's very upsetting it's very sad you know like rockstar come on like you guys have the money you guys have the time like this whole launch just seems bad you know and it sucks because at the end of the day i think that these games there's not much more to do to like fix them they are mm -hmm. what they are but there are just like kind of unforgivable elements here and i think that this is it's a similar thing to the cyberpunk situation where when the game comes out there's core things that are bad and wrong about it but when those core things are wrong it allows people to then be like you know what else is wrong this 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 and that's mm -hmm. exactly what's happening here where there's laundry lists now of of weird fucking things with this game that i think had the core elements been okay those things would have just been funny memes but yes. now are like a a big actual issue uh despite a lot of people having a lot of fun with these games but that's also not a surprise because people have been having fun with these games for 20 years yeah, that is, and I cannot, I cannot wait to talk about it on PS Lobby because that is the one of my big takeaways with playing this version of uh, uh, the GTA trilogy is the fact that these games are still fun, right? Like for the most part, these games are still these games, and people have been, I've been seeing like all the social media chatter about the game and reviews and all these things, and like, you know, 
if somebody spent $60 on the GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition and was like, yeah, I'm enjoying this, that doesn't that wouldn't surprise me because they are just those games, but they look better. That said, the remasters, these remasters just have a lot of a, a laundry list of issues that could have been dealt with, could have been touched up, could have uh, this game this, this trilogy could have used so much more time in the oven. I think is where it just comes down because there are all of those all of those bugs and glitches and issues that we're in the original games and I've ran into quite a few of those during my playtime. And those are the things that I look at and I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Like these are just glitches from the original game. Like, you know, maybe they should have fixed this, but whatever. This is a remaster. It's not necessarily a ground up remake, but then I run into bugs that very much seem inherent to the, this version of the game. And it blows my mind Tim. like bridges that are just missing from the game that are there, but like you don't see them, right? They've, they've just disappeared. Weird, like, uh, frame rate stuff where, like, certain objects in the environment are going way faster than they should be going due to either frame rate or maybe they were just programmed weirdly. Uh, missions being bugged out in weird places that I haven't seen before. It is such a shocking... It, it, it is a, it, They released this in such a shocking state, and it just feels way undercooked. And again, we're going to get into all the, the, all the nitty-gritty details on PS Love You, but... Yeah, it's mind blowing, and like the the content that the data miners have, have brought up, right? And these seemingly being the reasons why they pulled the PC version so that they can deal with all this stuff. It's like, yeah, that's just another thing pointing to the fact that this is undercooked and you needed more time with this. And I think the cyberpunk comparison is apt in that regard in terms of, yeah, you should have delayed this. You should not have put this out this way. You could have put this out with. Like you could have put this out with way less issues and had way more excitement and hype and people actually fighting for it as opposed to pretty much everybody playing it and being like, yeah, I enjoy it. But like this, this and this is definitively wrong with it. Right. Like these are objective issues that this game has that I can't defend. It's rough. It's so yeah, rough. Totally. Let's talk about the next news story. Story number six. Speaking of big releases with a laundry list of issues, story number six. Nintendo says it's taking criticism of Switch's N64 emulation very seriously. This is, once again, Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo of America's president has said the company is taking criticism of Switch's online, Switch Online's N64 emulation very seriously and claimed it's looking at ways of improving the service. Speaking to The Verge in a new interview, Nintendo of America boss Doug Bowser said the company was aware of feedback to N64's Switch performance and suggested it could make improvements. Quote, we're constantly looking for ways to make our online features in, th in those games better and continuing to add value through more services and more games as we go forward, he said. He continued, we take the feedback very seriously and we're continuing to look at ways to improve the overall performance. For us, it's about quality and great content at a great value. Good news, Tim? I mean, potentially it's you know i guess it's good news that they're saying they're taking it seriously but what does that mean what are the action items when are we actually going to see these things in play like the the biggest problem for me is to to kind of turn this semi-positive is today we're celebrating xbox they're, they're, we're talking about how xbox have made all the right moves we need to see nintendo make those moves we need to see a kind of like real dedicated look into what works and what doesn't what what are simple things people want because we are five years, four years, whatever, into the Switch's life, and there's still two themes, black and white, even though themes is an option, one of the very few options uh, in the settings menu of the Switch. Does that matter? No. It's really not that big of a deal. But I do think that that is a perfect example of the problem with Nintendo and the problem with this type of shit, where it's like we just kind of expect bare minimum, and then we expect things to just kind of work enough. 
But it's like, no, man, y'all have something special. Y'all have one of the best, the best catalog of games of all time. And this is the way that you're going to celebrate it. This is the way that you're going to allow us to, to play these games, not even allow us to remap buttons in Mario 64. What the hell, man? Like, that's such a basic ass thing that should just be standard. Like that, to me, playing through a lot of the N64 games, I haven't had uh, any issue that I would say is like ruined my experience playing these games. I've been having yeah. a great time on my Switch. Having said that, it's annoying as fuck that I want to change control and I can't do it. I want to turn off the overlays of the, the dumb little bubbles on the side of things, just make them black. Can't do that. Simple shit. Compare that to Xbox is uh, accessibility options that kind of just be inherently allow you to customize your shit however you want. That should be standard, especially for this. Yeah, I think it's exciting to see uh, companies go above and beyond when it, when it comes to their services and when it comes to their platform. And I think today is one of those days where we look at Xbox and we're like, yeah, they're going above and beyond in terms of the services they're giving their their audience, right? The features that they're giving their audience. Things like bringing back all these games from the original Xbox and adding FPS boost. That is something you don't need to do, right? You don't need to add FPS boost. Nobody's expecting that. But that is above and beyond. And then you look at this N64 online business and it's like, cool, you guys did the bare minimum and maybe like maybe a little bit below the bare minimum, right? Like you guys are barely even hitting the bare the bare minimum there. And it's kind of a bummer, right? It's not something that I look at and I get super angry at, except for the fact that I do I do get angry at the price <laughs> whenever I remember that I'm paying $50 for it, which I know I don't have to do, but I do anyway. Uh but you know, like you, there you can go above and beyond. You have the option to go above and beyond. I think the themes thing is a good thing to point out in terms of yeah, you go to themes and it's black theme, white theme, and it's like why do you have that menu? <laughs> why or are these options right? Like if you're not going to go above and beyond with it, it reminds me of uh, Super Mario Maker when uh, the latest one came out. The Super Mario Maker Two came out and they had the options for like. I forget the exact wording, but it was like additional tile sets or whatever for uh, Mario Maker levels that you can make. And it was, I think it was like Super Mario Brothers. It's just 3D Land. World. Was it 3D World? It was just 3D World. 3D World and, with the additional styles. Yeah, with the additional styles. And people were like, oh, of course. I mean, they, they're saying styles plural. So, of course, they're going to add more to this. And we just never got it. And it's like, all right, cool. What was the plan here? Was there a plan here? Like, you guys are building up expectation and just not meeting it. It's kind of a bummer. And like I cut this part out of the, the news story because I try to condense news stories to, to just the news. But going back to Video Games Chronicle, I want to read a little bit more of their article where they kind of lay out the issues that there are in this N64 online thing. Uh, and so, again, this is Andy Robinson, and this is uh, the second part of his article here. Switch Online's expansion pack tier launched last month and was met with frustration from some players, not only due to its pricing, but also emulation issues and a lack of features, including button mapping. In just two weeks, the trailer for Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack became Nintendo's most disliked video ever on its official YouTube channel. Some games have been reported to have a noticeable audio delay, meaning the sound is heard a split second after the, the action, while others have graphical issues such as The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, inabilities, uh, in a the game's inability to properly handle fog. Another issue receiving complaints is the app's apparent lack of support for the controller pack, the NSC4's memory card. This is placed in the slot at the back of the controller so players could save data, uh, save game data in titles that didn't save directly to the cartridge. Others have been complaining about uh, occasional fog, or sorry, occasional extreme lag when playing online with other players. Uh, some videos on social media have been showing players trying to com uh, compete online against their friends at Mario Kart 64, but suffering extreme stutters and messages about poor connection. And then they go on uh, to talk about a few other things. But again, it's a, it's 
it's it's a bummer and like talking about this coming off of the gta thing right like i remember earlier in the earlier in the i guess last month i was like yo this fall is such a me fall between the n64 online and between gta trilogy i'm eating i'm living uh but now that i'm here i'm like oh man i'm getting disappointed <laughs> by like all these different things on it's it's a bummer but i'm glad that at least at the very least they acknowledge it and see it and hopefully fingers crossed we're gonna get some fixes yeah totally Let's round out this Roper report with story number seven. Uh, Private Division has acquired Roll7. This is Danielle Partis at GamesIndustry.biz. Publisher Private Division has acquired the makers of Ollie Ollie series, Roll7, and what will be a debut acquisition for the firm. The BAFTA award-winning studio was founded in 2008 and is currently working on the upcoming Ollie Ollie World set to release in December. Roll7 also has, has several announced, uh, unannounced projects in the works, which Private Division will support. While this is the first studio that the Take-Two subsidiary has acquired, Private Division has also acted as publisher for several other titles, including Obsidian's The Outer Worlds and Supergiant's Hades. The terms of the deal were not disclosed. Quote, Private Division has been an incredible publishing partner for Ali Ali World, and we're elated to continue to, to grow as a studio as part of the label, said Roll7 co-CEO Simon Bennett. Private Division EVP Michael Warose uh, added, quote, we're thrilled to welcome Roll7 to the Private Division family. As a team passionate about action sports ourselves, seeing how Roll7 combines the thrills of competition with the zen of achieving flow state in a video game is remarkable, and we can't wait to show the world this phenomenon with our release of Ali Ali World this winter, end quote. Tim, does this one do anything for you? I know it's exciting stuff, though. I love anytime people talk about flow state, I'm like, let's go. That's the type of games that I love the most. So good on them. Yeah. Get yeah, that I'd money. Do dope think, stuff. <laughs> yeah, do dope stuff. I think this is an interesting one in terms of this being Private Division's first actual acquisition. And uh, uh, Private Division has done some dope games in the past, right? Like the article lists the Outer Worlds and Supergiant's Hades, which is one that I didn't even realize. I didn't realize that they published Hades. I'm, I assume that was on specific platforms. Maybe it was all platforms. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Let me know. Um, but they've also done the... Uh, what's the space program? Kerbal Space Program, I believe is what it's called. Mm -hmm. They did that game. They've done quite a few other ones. And I think they've hit a certain bar, bar of quality that you want these kinds of publishers to hit. And it makes me wonder if they're trying to build maybe their own Devolver or Thunderful or Annapurna in terms of, hey, we've been doing this for a while and now we have now we want to have an eye for actually making these games ourselves or publishing these games in-house. And so I'm always a fan of those types of publishing houses for indie games because it gives a lot of indie indie studios one security and then two just ease in terms of putting out a game and knowing that they have a company over them that got, that has marketing them. arms and all that stuff like, yeah yeah it's just it's key and fantastic stuff exactly so shout out to roll seven in ali ali world can't wait to play that when that comes out but tim that mm -hmm. game is just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Tim, if I'm being honest, I was planning to rush this show because I wanted to go play some Halo. But man, this has been a good KFGD. Out a good today, show, baby. Let's go. a good show. Out today, we got Car Detailing Simulator Prologue uh, for PC, Mon Cage for PC, Handball Manager 2022 DLC is out now which tim did you know there's a game called handball manager 2022 no definitely well, not a game that was out enough to have dlc available but hey good for them yeah there you go now you know and then kung fury street rage is out now for pc 
New dates uh, I would for like you. to announce that uh, we will not be playing Halo today on the stream. Uh, Nick Scarpino will be playing Car Detailing Simulator Prologue uh, instead. Is that true? No, it's not fucking true. Oh. Playing Halo. <laughs> I mean, you honestly, if you like stuck to it, you could have convinced me because I was like, oh, Halo must be <laughs> I, having problems. That sounds, that sounds like a Nick ass game, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like something they play on the stream. Uh, new days for you. We got Crown Trick Collector's Edition uh, that is launching December 10th. War Tales, a medieval open world tactical RPG, sets out for glory on PC via Steam Early Access on Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. And then a short hike is coming to PS4 and Xbox on November 16th. Tim. As always, people can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where they can write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, man. You guys got things that I had, I would have to, like, open up the links for. Oh, and, uh, no. <laughs> people are basically writing with, with, like, breaking news. But none of this is big enough that I feel like I got to bring it up this episode. We can deal. I'll, I can let Tim and... And Gary would have deal with it tomorrow. Uh, yeah, no, we're good. None of these are your wrongs. We're all Nailed good. The game, babes. Nailed it. Uh, this week's hosts are as follows. Tomorrow, you're getting Tim and Gary. Wednesday, you're getting me and Tim. Thursday, you're getting Tim and Tam. And then Friday, it's me and Janet. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike, Andy, and Nick playing some Halo Infinite? Question mark if they're able to get into the game. We'll see. If you want to see, though, but you can't see it live, you should go over to youtube.com so it's kind of funny plays where you can catch that stream later. Uh, remember that this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, have fun playing Halo Infinite.